Hello and welcome to another episode of Cabaret, darlings. I'm your host, Millie Dollar, and this is what I sound like. We are sponsored today by my eco-friendly sideline, milliedollarbeauty.com, a range of vegan biodegradable cosmetic glitters, super light, amazing synthetic silk lashes, and you can save using our podcast promo, I don't think I even said that, podcast, <laughs> my podcast promo. <laughs> I think you're sidelining into like prod rock. I think that's definitely the direction that this is headed. Uh, Using our podcast promo, Cabaret Darlings, all one word, all caps, to save 10% on your next order. I got it out there in the end. You know, I said all of the words correctly, just not in the order in which they were meant to be said. You know, it happens, right? I mean, you know, what are word searches for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally word searches aren't within said out loud sentences, but sometimes... (laughs) All right, so our guest today is the one and only Pinky DeVille. Hello, hi. Hello. Um, so we are it's just after midnight. Mm-hmm. We've just done a show. Mm-hmm. We've had you up to Liverpool. Yes. To our lovely little little soiree. It was fun. Yeah. Lovely little audience this evening, actually. I yeah, had a great really time. Yeah, nice, um, appreciative. Which is they what were. we want. Oh, one lovely chap volunteered his chair for me. He did. He <laughs> even stood up, gave you his chair. And Put it on the stage. Sat on his wife's lap. Sat on his... <laughs> <laughs> he were right up. He was right up on there on his wife's lap. Bless him. Yeah. It was very difficult to get him back off of his wife's yeah. lap. <laughs> so <laughs> you've recently just got back from New Orleans. I have, yes. Yeah. I was there a couple of weeks ago doing some shows and that was a whole bunch of fun. That's one of my most favourite places to perform. Yeah. Apart from Liverpool, of course. Oh, yeah. Thanks for slipping that in there. <laughs> uh, there's Liverpool and New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, the two. Very comparable. <laughs> yeah, I get around. <laughs> so, is New Orleans one of those places that you'd like would always like to sort of settle down into one day? Well, I can say... like retirement home? I don't know if it's (laughs) retirement worthy because it'll probably be underwater by the time I get to retire. But um, I can tell you... (laughs) Seafront? Yeah, Yeah. seafront lake views. Um, No, I I love performing there and I love Mm. all the people that I meet there. So it's absolutely a place I'll take the opportunity to visit at every chance I go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you'd probably more likely to buy a house on the outskirts. Maybe somewhere a little bit drier, not on a floodplain, yeah. not between a lake and a river. No flooding, no, <laughs> yeah, no hurricane Hurricanes, warnings. No. <laughs> yes, no act of gods, <laughs> just act of bad presidents. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Mm, super fun. So you've been running your own event as well for a while, which I have come over to. You have. You've done my big show, yeah. um, Night Train Review. Um, that has been going since 2013. Yeah. We're on a little mini hiatus at the moment. Um, that was my big show. And I also have my little show, Burning Hell Burlesque, which is like a rock and roll burlesque night, which Ooh, is a lot more yeah. looser and intimate and... Bit more badass, really. <laughs> badass showgirl. Yeah, because that is your. It's on brand as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it makes sense. So bringing those badass showgirls to the stage, mm-hmm. and we do these really fun um, little photo shoots after the gig. So yeah. whoever comes up and does the show, like stay, we stay in costume or stay naked or whatever it is, and we run around. It's in a little rock venue in Rotherham called Snafu. Um, and we run around the back of the venue because they've got some really cool murals and graffiti and yeah stuff. Um, and our photographer Rich um, does some fantastic backstage shots of us all. So that's come become part of the event is these little mini badass showgirl sh- photo shoots. Yeah, 
<laughs> I love that though. It's like, yeah, this bit, this is some good graffiti over here. Yeah, I mean, get naked. Yeah, no, but <laughs> that's the thing. It literally takes like it's like ten minutes at the end of the gig, and we get the most epic shots. I mean, um, was it Celeste Steele? Um, she's is she from Huddersfield or that way out? Anyway, uh, Wakefield somewhere like yeah. that. Um, she got some fantastic shots at the yeah. last gig. Um just in like the five minutes after the show so it's fun it's a whole whole experience for audience and performer yeah <laughs> are you gonna allow some audience to come and run around naked no. Yeah. No. No. no yeah <laughs> know your place yeah. <laughs> so um today i'm decided to tell you a story about someone that is a little bit more well known in terms of burlesque history i love a story yeah so i think this is someone you probably will already know things about mm-hmm. Um, especially as um, she's having a bit of a, a strange resurgence at the moment. Ooh. Of sorts. Okay, so we are, of course, talking about the one and only Jenny Lee. Uh, so Jenny Lee was known as the Bazoom Girl. Like, if you are going to turn this podcast into a drinking game, I would say drink every time you hear the word Bazoom, because there's going to be a lot of it coming. Bazoom. Okay? There's a lot of Bazooms in this one. Um, her bazooms have now reached a new type of fame as a now viral meme created by Miss Abigail Reese of Portland, Oregon. And it had been shared all over. And this is, of course, the picture of Jenny giving her boobs a well-earned break by popping them onto a table. As you do. I know that feel. Yeah, when you're like, I don't want to support these girls no more. (laughs) Plop them down. Yeah, I mean, she was Miss 44 and plenty more. I mean, yeah. my measurement around the bust is not far off that. And girls, sometimes you need to give them a rest. <laughs> you just need that break. <laughs> There's only so much a bra can do. Sometimes <laughs> you need a table. Yeah. A table shaped bra, could that be a thing? Mm. I don't know. There's like those people that create weird inventions. Yeah. So, some kind of walking sticks, but for your tits. Maybe like a zimmer, but more like upward. And you can yeah. just rest it on the top and just wheel along. Like a double D zimmer. A dimmer? Nope. Nope. <laughs> dimmer is something <laughs> so else. It's for a light. Yeah. There's got to be a name in there somewhere. It all comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> something supportive, but extra supportive. <laughs> Alright, so Jenny's signature move was spinning her tassels at such a great speed it made her audiences dizzy. Now, this also works on cats. Danger. <laughs> Danger. Danger. You're just imagining cats leaping. The murder mittens. The, oh, the claws coming mm. out. Yeah, you don't want that hanging off your uh, 44s. No, that, that's, that's at risk of work, injury at work, injury in the workplace. Yes, would equity cover this? <laughs> we need to get them on the, we need the official line on it. Uh, yeah, we need to know. If um, any representatives from equity can get in touch, and like, just to Call let in. us know. If my boob is attacked by a cat whilst tassel twirling, do I get sick pay? <laughs> uh, so due to her figure that measured in at 42D... 26. See, I don't... Hang on, sorry, I'm interjecting here. So, what was it? 42D. 42D. Yeah. Well, because it did make me wonder um, that she was labelled Miss 44 and Plenty More. Uh, Does that just show, like, how much men don't understand bra measurements at all? Many many women. I mean, I myself wore the wrong size bra for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, Because it feels like everywhere I go to get measured, I get a different measurement every single time. So, 
it varies. Yeah, it and really it does. varies on the kinds. And that's, that's why I give up and only wear sports bras nowadays. Oh, yeah. Other than being on stage, I'm most likely in a sports bra because it's just like, stretchy, put it on, I'm comfy. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But um, if men don't really understand what those letters mean in terms of bra sizes... They mean they're big numbers and well, they're big letters they, and Ds and that is, just sounds impressive. But it, it is a thing that men ask of women like what's your bra size and it's like can you picture in your mind <laughs> yeah i can just i can wheel off any combination of letters and numbers right now yeah and you won't have a clue what i'm talking it's about like oh i'm a 28 double turbo they'll be like whoa yeah that sounds impressive yeah 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 sure double turbo that's i'm a 57 wide yeah <laughs> the, as in the, why you're talking to me why? <laughs> go away yeah <laughs> please Get out of my so DMs. Why are you asking me these questions, friend? <laughs> yeah. So she was also labelled as a Jane Mansfield of burlesque, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have a very similar kind of look and vibe. Oh, yeah, for sure. Facial shape, hair mm-hmm. colour. Mm-hmm. Tits. Big old diggers. Big old biddies. <laughs> Tig old biddies. Yes. Uh, so by the early 50s, Jenny broke somewhat into Hollywood, mainly working in B-movies and minor roles. Her most notable role was alongside Mamie Van Doren in Three Nuts in Search of a Bolt. Three Nuts in Search of a... Bolt. A Bolt? A Bolt. Yeah. So. My mum's got this song that she sings called I'm One of the Nuts from Barcelona. From Barcelona? Yeah. I wonder if... I just wondered if, that, if <laughs> that, you, Have you ever asked her what it means? <laughs> no. I just wondered whether that featured in Three Nuts and a Bolt. No, I, I haven't been able to find the film. Because maybe Van Doren, I only really know her from one movie, which I think uh, was like a, a a very much B movie of like woman in prison. Yeah. Um, and also her autobiography, which is quite wild. So. Yeah, I can't say I've seen any of her films. Yeah. She's kind of well known as being like another Hollywood blonde, but she just unfortunately didn't quite hit it as big as... The other two Hollywood blondes, which she does speak about in her autobiography as well, which sure. is of course Jane Mansfield and Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. So, so Jenny obviously wanted to join those ranks of Hollywood blondes, and that was one of the things at the time as well, though, as a burlesque performer. If you could align yourself with somebody that was mainstream. in Hollywood on the silver screen, mainstream yeah. at the time, and be, you know, the burlesque version of so and so, that's absolutely a marketing yes. technique. Well, it would have been a draw as well. Oh, yeah. be like, oh, you saw her in, you know, Three Nuts in Search of a Bolt. <laughs> you saw her in Three Nuts in Search of a Bolt. Now see her in 3D in front of you. Yes. <laughs> Three double D. <laughs> so she obviously had ambitions for mainstream stardom, but she was always typecast into side roles. So she Rude. never got the the lead. She was always, like, the friend. The big yeah. titty friend. Big titty friend. With the blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, Jenny. Yeah, we've been there. Like, we, we know that feeling well. <laughs> so, but I do like that she um, played on her fame as the bassoon girl and mm-hmm. the way that she did so. Because she had her own fan club with official cards. So she set up her own fan club with official cards, exclusive photo prints, 3D viewers... Which I'd love to know more about. I think I, I think I could figure out what they might have been. Oh. But 
yeah, if anyone out there has these original 3D viewers of Jenny Lee, that uh, she also had 8mm and 16mm original movies. It doesn't state what was on the films, but again, probably figure some stuff out mm-hmm. there. Uh, and tassel dolls. Tassel dolls? Tassel dolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, are these dolls made from her tassels? Or are they dolls that wear tassels? Ooh. Yeah. It's okay. like a weird brain teaser that has no answer. Because I want to think that they're like little dolls made out of tassels. See, I like to think they're little plastic dolls that have just got tassels on. And there's like a sort of elastic band on the inside. So you pull the back and they go, wee and just tassel twirl. Well, if they were, then I can see a new merchandise opportunity opening itself up. Yeah, I think we need to get back more onto the merch. Uh, Her fan club was given the very apt name, The Bazoomers. Yeah, The Bazoomers. Again, drink. (laughs) But I wonder, is this like the original Patreon? Where it's all done by mail, (laughs) rather than online. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Her her address was available on the bottom of the fan club cards. So you can find these fan club cards and her address is on them. Mm -hmm. Um, So people could buy various bits of those merchandise that we've just mentioned mentioned, um, directly from Jenny. Wow. So they write her a letter, say, I want a tassel doll, don't know what it is. (laughs) And get us one of them 3D viewers. Shove that in there. Uh, here you go. Yeah. Um, personally. Yeah. But the cards that she gave out that had this like info on there, it didn't have any of the um, prices on them. What you had to do was send 25 cents to Jenny and then she'd send you a price list. I like it. Enterprising. Yeah. Get them interested. Get the 25 cents. Then let them know the cost. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, even if they don't buy anything, you've still got those 25 cents. You're up on those cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really like, huh. You know, this Listen, is, I mean, this is, the, this whole... is the old fashioned internet. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, you can raise your prices at any time. True. You know, you've not got um, a price list floating around there for people to refer to. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That is quite clever. If, you know, he's, he's, I mean, it's a tassel doll's girlfriend price. And if some random dude sends you his 25 cents, then he also sends you like a pervy letter, you mm. can send him a price list that's double the price. Oh, so you think she buried it? Well, I mean, depending just, on how polite the letter was. I'm saying it's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like some Pinky Deville merch, www.pinkydeville.com. And just send 25 cents just anyway. Send, oh God, if somebody did send me 25 cents, I would love that. I would yeah. make a tassel doll. Even though we're not too sure what one is. No idea. I'd no. fashion something. I'd post yeah. it to you. It'd be, be a tassel with a bit of pipe cleaner <laughs> wrapped around the middle. There you go. <laughs> hey, two rhinestones for eyes. Yeah, it'd be like the filthy version of Toy Story 4. It would be exactly be like that. <laughs> it would be interesting. It's like, what am I? It's like, you, you're you're made a dis- tassel. You made a discarded nipple decoration. <laughs> and then the film could be it trying to find the right nipple to hang off. Oh. Toy Story 5. Toy Story 5. Yeah. Get Pixar on the phone. We've got a hit. (laughs) Surefire hit. It's like Toy Story, but with tits. Can't go wrong. Do you know what, though? I bet if you Google Toy Story with tits, it's a thing. Oh, there's going to be a porn. 
But I don't think it would be those types of toys. Theatrical burlesque work began to decline after World War Two, with the main venue for striptease moving into nightclubs. Striptease workers began to find themselves somewhat detached from the support networks that the burlesque circuits and booking agents had previously provided them. So they didn't have the booking agents anymore. Mm-hmm. They're long gone. It just suddenly gone from these big theatre venues into nightclubs on their own. Yeah. That's a bit of a tumble, isn't it? Or yeah. it's a bit of an adjustment, for sure. Well, that would be a huge adjustment. Because mm. so, burlesque, it really did have its heyday during the war era. Mm-hmm. And then when it was over, it's yeah. like, I mean, I wonder what spurred that kind of big change. Like, is it because there's now more family-type entertainment going around because families are back together, they want to spend time with the kids? Uh, I'm sure it'll have something to do with um, the American... I mean, if we're talking strictly about American burlesque and striptease, which yeah. Jenny was a part of, it'll be linked to the, like, the post-war boom and whatnot, and yeah. theatres, cinemas um, being mm. used for those kind of entertainments, and then, you know, striptease and stuff like that being moved to nightclubs. Yeah. Um, there was also a bias towards strippers, which meant they weren't treated the same as the other cabaret entertainers. No surprise there. Uh, this was in spite of the contracts they had signed through the American Guild of Variety Artists. Mm. So they had contracts with kind of a, a, a company that looked after performers, but they just didn't really felt feel looked after. Mm-hmm. So... So everything was not as good as it could have been at this time. Pretty much, yeah. So it was mustn't have been a, a, a good time for the last performers in that sort of era because it's mm. like, oh well, I was making really good money over here for this for this yeah, amount of time, and now and suddenly, yeah, outside theatres with my name in lights, and now all of a sudden I'm in this nightclub and I've got this contract that nobody's listening to. Yeah, and I'm not being paid attention to like I should be. Yeah, and the American Guild of Variety Artists aren't really doing a their job, it would seem. Discussion began amongst burlesque performers to create a union way back in 1951, but it only began to take shape in late 1954. In the summer of 1955, a meeting was held to incorporate the Exotic Dancers League of America with the unfortunate for nowadays acronym of the EDL. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate <laughs> in the UK, for sure. Yeah, and Any UK, American or international definitely. listeners might not get that. I wouldn't even... I'd say Google it, but you don't just, even bother. You don't want that on your search history. No, you don't. Don't give them any credence. The yeah, so, I mean, it's like, the, it's, the... British EDL, and no. It's so, the equivalent of having a triple K. <laughs> that's very true. Mm-hmm. But every time we mention it, through the rest of the episode, we of course do mean the Exotic Dancers League the of America. Exotic Dancers League of America. Yeah. Jenny Lee was one of the founders and became the first president of the EDL. It just sounds weird, doesn't <laughs> it? just seems weird to say it like that. The Exotic Dancers League Correct. of America. So Jenny's own salary was extremely low at the time, which was a common occurrence amongst dancers of that era. She lived in a run-down studio apartment um, which she hid from friends and stated in a 1980s interview that they would have thought I was a hooker for sure. 
Yeah, she was hiding the way that she lived from her friend. So she's not earning as much money as she was or that she wants to. She is so ashamed of where she lives that she's having to hide it from her close friends because they would yeah. make assumptions. Yeah. Which at the time, I mean, I mean, in you know, back in the 50s, it was difficult to be a woman that worked anyway, yeah. let alone a woman that worked. Single, ex- unmarried Single, woman. unmarried, no children, working mm-hmm. as an exotic dancer. Yeah. You know, that's a hard life to live anyway without the associated shame of, of being underpaid to the fact that you're ashamed of the place that you live in. So, yeah. you know, life's a bit crappy at this point. Yeah. Life's a bit hard. Yeah, life's point. tough. But the Exotic Dancers League fought for better billing. Yes. A percentage of the door, mm-hmm. safe dressing rooms, and mm-hmm. diversity within shows. They needed only now to make a mark and secure their place as a force to be reckoned with. Fortunately for them, this came soon enough. Ooh, so I have a little that. story for you now. <laughs> so when several performers were hired by a club to swim underwater as mermaids, their pasties detached in the water, leaving them exposed. No. Yeah, so nips out. It's, it, it's happened. It's not really much they can do about that. I mean, I don't know who in the club didn't realise that water... Water and, and 1950s adhesive. Because <laughs> I don't know what they would have been using, even, as adhesive back then. I'd assume it'd be spirit gum back then. You'd think spirit gum would be a bit more robust, but maybe if it's for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah, but this led to the woman being arrested for indecent exposure, hefty legal bills, in jail, and to top it off, fired from the club who had asked them to be underwater in the first place. Abhorrent. Yeah, bad management. Mm -hmm. Bad men. Terrible. Yeah, so you asked them to do a thing, it didn't work out because the two things do not correspond, and you're going to leave them in jail and sacked. Mm -hmm. This is why we need a union. Yes, this is why they needed a union Mm -hmm. then. Probably why we need a union now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not that far from the realms of possibility that a similar scenario could happen now. Yeah, that someone has an accidental slip. Because mm-hmm. we've all had a pasty slip. We've all had a, a pasty fall off. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, you're put in a bizarre situation where it's not your fault and something comes amiss and then you're blamed. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean... We're lucky that nowadays we don't have to worry about the possibility of being arrested for what we do. Absolutely, yeah. But we still do have to deal with promoters trying to pull fast ones, which mm-hmm. what it sounds like what these promoters did. And, I mean, we suppose we deal, we don't have to worry about being arrested, but, you know, um, we still get shadow bans, we still get booted off Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for yeah. if we show you know, the barest bit of skin, let alone a nipple. Yeah, we're still being very much branded as indecently exposing yes. ourselves mm-hmm. but in a different social context yes now in terms of online social media so it's, it's the same it's the same story in terms of that you know women are you know branded as scandalous and you know showing their skin is indecent and blah blah blah, blah. it's just you know we're taking different punishments for it now yeah in slightly different battles but it's the same story yeah. Well, weirdly, when I was researching this episode, and it will come up, there are some battles that sound kind of similar to the ones mm. that we are, again, still having today. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. So. <laughs> Psychic. Ooh. So, the EDL mounted a work stoppage, demanded the club rehired the SAC performers, provide the lawyers, <laughs> and cover all their bail and legal expenses, including the fines incurred. Good. Yeah, but they also called for a boycott of the club to all the customers. So not only are they 
refusing to work there, they're telling the customers to stop going there. Mm -hmm. Um, due to Pe Jenny's smart public relations and knowledge of the publicity machine, the club soon gave in due to public pressure and the publicity that the EDL had gained. Hmm, smart move. Yeah. Hit them where it hurts. Get them in the pocket. Yes. Anytime it's in the pocket. Right? No, we'll do what Not you my want. pockets. That's my favourite place. That's where my balls are. <laughs> So I keep piling my favourite things. That's why I'm a Mario now. <laughs> yeah, why, why is he Italian? <laughs> I don't know. I've got to keep in my pockets. It's late. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Mario keeps in his pockets, but like, <laughs> hopefully not balls. Well, he's, a, he's a plumber. He keeps his spanner, though. That's a big old spanner. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> this meant that EDL was now seen as a viable organisation with the ability to create real change. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a result right they there. They fought them. Getting everybody on side like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great that the, the audience were like, yeah, we agree, fuck that mm -hmm. club. Like, why should we go there? Well, I if mean, if they want to gonna... stop it, they're not dancing anyway. There's nothing for them to see. Yeah. So, on the 23rd of July, 1955, a group of Hollywood strippers, all members of the Exotic Dancers League of America, including Jenny Lee, went on strike due to the low-wage scale of $95 per week. Do we have an equivalency of what that is today? Well, I did look it up, and about $95 is about the equivalent of $900 now. <laughs> so I was like, that's mm. more than we get now. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad, but... but... it kind of goes to show how live the value of live entertainment has decreased with yeah. the increase in television and VHS and mm -hmm. DVDs and Netflix and YouTube and the internet. Yeah. So there's all those factors that come into play. Yeah, there's a lot more out there than mm. there was. Yeah, I because when I looked it up and it was like $95 a week and then I researched the equivalent mm -hmm. for today, I'm like, that sounds too come like straightforward it can't just be add a zero on the end there and it's nine hundred dollars mm -hmm. especially if she was living in a studio apartment i think she could have afforded more than a studio apartment if it was the equivalent of nine hundred dollars today yeah, per sure. week so yeah i'm taking it with a pinch of salt that that is what the what's the word inflation mm -hmm. would be equivalent to now especially if they were protesting this but there were stories of performers of that sort of similar time where they're saying, oh, they're earning $1,000 a week. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine if someone's earning $1,000 and then you're earning 95 Yeah. You'd be pissed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, the same you'd word. not be happy about that. Mm -hmm. So uh, another high publicity protest led by Jenny Lee was when the newspapers decreed that only the head and shoulders of the girls could be used in adverts for the local burlesque clubs. Mm -hmm. So nothing below the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Just profile. Let me be sure you my sexy clavicle. <laughs> Look at my collarbone. It's a nice one. Uh, it's got Mario again. Hey, I don't know why I show you my collarbone. <laughs> it's sexy and I can't show you my tits. Uh, for... Your tits are in another castle. <laughs> another castle. Uh, in... So 14 LA burlesque dancers picketed the downtown offices of the newspapers due to their censorship. Sounds familiar? Oh, picket. With Jenny saying at the time, since when are female bodies offensive? If Bridget Bardot can do it, then why can't we? Mm -hmm. So, sounds quite similar to a recent protest taking place in downtown New York. Mm -hmm. Where, again, people are having to say, can you stop censoring us all the time? 
Mm-hmm. Here we are. It's 2019. <laughs> We're talking about 1955 and nothing has changed. No, the censorship of women is eternal. <laughs> yeah, it is forever. It is forever. <laughs> it's kind of made us sad now. I know. I'm so, I'm so sorry, everyone out there. We've You're take, just kind of like, we've oh, taken a turn. Oh, I feel sad. Let's go back to the tits being in another castle. Bazoom! <laughs> drink! <laughs> yeah, bazooms! Just have more drink, rum. Tea, drink. The ruling had come out from the California Newspaper Publishers Association that any nightclub, cafe, or burlesque house having strip tease or burlesque acts can run only the head of a woman in the advertisements. Advertising coffee must be clean and inoffensive. So to get around this, one advert was published that stated, Shame on me and the rest of us strippers for our nude pictures. The paper won't publish our bare facts but see us in person at... Uh, shown alongside a photo of a girl suggestively sucking on her on her finger, as this paper put it, as a bad little girl. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's kind of great. But yeah, so she was basically like, we can't publish what we got to show you, so you better come and see it. Oh. Even that level of, I mean, I'm trying to think about today, like that level of suggestiveness on social media. So Instagram at the moment, um, there's a lot of like um, cam girls and girls that do, you know, mm-hmm. online work can't even use suggestive emojis. So yes. you can't put the aubergine and the peach and then like the water droplet emojis next to each other yeah. in your bio mm-hmm. or in your hashtags because that's too suggestive. So my way of trying to get around it, because I, I was a fan of the peach. Oh, I enjoy the peach. I like the peach. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I put a lot of photos up that I would say are peachy. Mm-hmm. So to get around this not being able to use peach anymore, mm-hmm. I've started using the garlic bulb emoji. The garlic bulb. Mm. So oh. if you have a look at the garlic bulb emoji, it's got quite nice shape to it. Alright. It's close enough. You know, I enjoy I, I also enjoy a... the moon emoji. Which moon though? Because there's a few Well there's a couple. I don't like the um you know the dark moon. I, I like mm-hmm. the full moon. The full moon. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um it yeah, if you use them to cover yourself up, then that is no yeah. longer allowed. Yeah, no that's not on no you can't put yeah. peach in front of your peach because Apparently, that's far yeah. too suggestive. If you Nowadays, even if you are wearing pasties in a picture, they will still. But that's likely to lead to a shadow ban or to the image being removed. I've been all right so far with pasties. The mm-hmm. one I have, um, I've had my picture removed a couple of times from Instagram, and that was my butt. Generally, it tends to be my butt that Instagram your, finds most your offensive. Your butt is causing jealousy. It's this just is, causing chaos is, on the interwebs. This is a problem, you know. Yeah. Cause I, it breaches community guidelines. Yes. Because oh, I had a, a situation um, a few months ago where me and one of my students, who is a pinup model, she's like really well-known pinup model, she's amazing, and um, we did quite a eerily similar photo with mm-hmm. the same photographer. So we were kind of like, oh, God, they're so, they're so similar. Like it was... Um, a similar way of being tied up because they mm-hmm. were quite bondage pictures. Both had a ball gag in. Mm-hmm. We posted them on the same day mm-hmm. or a day apart. Hers was taken down almost immediately, mm. but mine wasn't. I think they do. They definitely watch accounts. I think that when you've been, once you've been flagged, yeah, so many times because it it seems to me like maybe she's been reported. Yeah, for it to be gone so quickly, and then 
my very similar image. I mean, they do have, um, they have like, you know how they have facial recognition now. So, you know, a computer or whatever program can recognise a face. It does the same thing with butts. (laughs) Butt recognition technology. (laughs) No, but like nudity, butts, violence, Uh all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the the same type of technology for facial recognition, but it'll recognise nudity. Oh, because because I've noticed um, because sometimes they I scan mean, for skin, yeah. skin tone. So mm. if you put an image up in black and white that's nude, it's less likely to be flagged. Mm. Mm. Tested that so, one. Sometimes <laughs> I know people have put stuff up, and like the second it's uploaded, they've got a community guideline Whoa. breach thing, and it's yeah, that's that's too fast for it to be reported, and it's it these is, it's these sure. um you know prohibition bots looking for butts. Yeah, prohibition butt butts. Prohibition butt bot. So we're we're nearly in the twenties now again, right? So instead of a prohibition on liquor, are we having a butt prohibition? We are. Yeah, we're having an, we're, we're an having internet banned. Internet butt prohibition. We're gonna have to start making butts in bathtubs. Butts in, <laughs> we're gonna have to make our own garlic butts. Oh god, no more peaches for you. No more peaches. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about this protest in particular, uh, was that Jenny brought her dog along with her. He was shown in the newspaper article wearing a sign around his neck that said, T'ain't fair. T'ain't fair. T'ain't fair. T'ain't fair. fair. (laughs) He looked very happy about it as well. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I am... I'm, I'm making a statement. I am involved. I know. <laughs> yeah, and I have no problem with nudity. Being a dog, I'm naked all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so, look at my furry, furry butt. Yeah, I'm, it's socially acceptable to be out. <laughs> One of the things that I love most about the Exotic Dancers League is that they had a baseball team. Yes, I've seen a picture of them yeah. um, in their little baseball outfit. Yeah, which I will put up on the Instagram um, for this podcast because they were called the Bearcats. The Bearcats. Yeah. And I do believe that's where Bearcats bowling comes from. Yeah, because they, um, they had a bo- baseball team and a bowling team. Yeah, brilliant. So I like that they've got, like, we have a union now. So we need to have a softball team Correct. also. <laughs> I would have joined the bo- I would have joined the bowling team though rather than the softball team. Ah, see, I always have nails on. They don't mix well with bowling for me. Yeah, but I was the, you know, short asthmatic kids in school. Yeah. So when it came to like <laughs> So where you had to run. Yeah, so when we had to play rounders, like if my team was fielding, they were like, Pinky, go long. Like go really long. Yeah, just go down to the bottom of the field and we'll see you when the class is over. Yeah, just c- across the car park. Go yeah. into the shop. Get us all some water. You're joking. <laughs> like when we did, uh, somebody did cross country during um, PE classes when I was in school. I went home during cross country. Seriously? Yeah, because it, like, like, it went like one street from my house. So I just popped in, had a cup of tea, said hello to my mum. Yeah. And then by the time they ran round again, I just joined the back of the group. They're like, where you been? Oh, I just uh, <laughs> been here the whole time. Bringing up the rear, you know. My school used to take us to park um, to make us run around this park a couple of times. And then the girls got flashed one day. Oh, God. So I had to get the police out because there was a flasher in the park. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we were all kids. We were just like, ah! Yeah, but it is... showed us his dick. But then now we're all that's like, oh, oh god, that's wow, horrifying. That's yeah, just awful. Fuck. Yeah. Mm. So don't make kids run 
out in parks. No. I just think, really. The American Guild of Variety Artists recognised their previous oversight when it came to this area of performance. And approached the EDL to join them while retaining semi-autonomous status. I knew that was a hard word that I was going to struggle with, so I was like, I'm going to take a moment. Semi-autonomous. Semi-autonomous. What was the next word? Status. Semi-autonomous status. Yeah, they accepted. So they became part of the American Guild of Variety Artists, but within their own sub section which is good no that's very good yeah, i mean so. that's massive progress as well especially when you think about what year this was yeah um and at this point as well you know the expectations of women were such that you would get married you would stay at home you would housekeep you would raise mm-hmm. children you were not out there first of all working and working full-time and having a damn good job and second yeah. of all starting unions revolutionizing your workplace yeah leading pickets starting a softball team <laughs> yeah you know, these are achievements nowadays, let alone in 1950-odd. Yeah, and mm. have time to make your own tassel dolls. I, and have time to... You know. And mail them out. And mail them out, if you send your 25 cents mm. first. Uh, so Jenny eventually became the president of the American Guild of Variety Artists, a position that was previously also held by Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes, oh, so she has something in common with the, with the previous president. Wow. Yeah. So I'd say for 2020 <laughs> in America, let's have a stripper president. That would be funny. Do you know it what? Good. <laughs> you know, if Stormy Daniels. Yes. Vote Stormy mm-hmm. Daniels 2020. Stormy. <laughs> I mean, has there really been any other viable candidates? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> in a bid to retain their unique status, the EDL and Jenny created an annual awards party to celebrate burlesque and present it as a legitimate entertainment form, while showing that those involved had a sense of humour about themselves. Hmm. These meetings and parties began in 1957 alongside the Fanny Awards. The Fanny Awards. Yeah, so Which this is what... is American for bum. Yes. Yes. So, not just like, your badge is nice. <laughs> Have a trophy. The award for best badge goes to... Yes. Like, where would you put the sash for that one? I don't know. Yeah, um, here is the presentational Tampax. (laughs) (laughs) As classic striptease gave way first to go-go and then to a new form of striptease, Jenny began to save memorabilia from her own career and her friends in the EDL. Mm -hmm. I think you know which direction they're starting to head in now. Mm Mm-hmm. Jenny owned her own bars, which held a clientele of fellow EDL members and young go-go dancers. They're usually ones that wanted to break into burlesque more than go-go. Her bars were decorated with various striptease memorabilia, which I love the idea. Mm -hmm. And as the EDL turned from a union into a social organisation, she started what would become the Burlesque Hall of Fame. Ta-da! We all knew it was going to get there, mm-hmm. but it's a good bit of history. It is a great piece of history. Especially uh, for burlesque now, because it's something that links the present with that past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the bulk of the collection, you know, that started is, is from the, the beat that the Hall of Fame has is, the museum is, is old Jenny's stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the original that started with, before Dixie started adding to it, and then mm-hmm. everybody else. 
Yeah. So it was nice that it was starting to be collected from at such an early such stage. An early as stage, well, yeah. yeah. So it's been like a lifelong work mm. almost. Oh, I mean, she was definitely passionate, not just about what she did in terms of being a performer, but passionate about you know improving working conditions, you know, unionising. I mean, that's quite radical, really. Yeah. Um, and in nineteen fifty-five, mm, you know, um, unionising and then memorialising, collecting. You know, and showing off this the rich history behind Burlesque and striptease. Yeah. So, absolutely a pioneer in, in mm-hmm. every sense of the word. Yeah, we need more women like Jenny. We do. So, moving to Hellendale, Jenny opened the first Burlesque Hall of Fame museum in a 40 acre goat farm. Mm-hmm. It was a legitimate goat farm, <laughs> I've heard. Uh, intending to staff it with fellow EDL members, hoping that they would live on site in fancy trailers and donate their career memorabilia to the museum. I don't think that happened, though, sadly. I think some got involved, but not all. Well, I mean, it's like the utopian dream of a stripper retirement home. So you're out in the desert. Stripper commune. Stripper commune. I mean, it it was in the middle of nowhere, so it would be an absolute commune. With nothing but goats, trailers, a a little pool for you to sit around. Yeah. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Bit of sun. Yeah. Pool. Goat. <laughs> goat. Goats make goat. great guard animals. Yeah. Oh. Nobody messes with a goat. <laughs> she continued to house the EDL meetings and give out the Fanny Awards, but in the 1990 meeting, it turned into Jenny's wake. She passed away in 1990 at the age of 61. It's no age. Quite young. It's very young. Yeah. So it's quite sad because in 1990, that's nearly 30 years ago now. Uh. Yeah. So, which is crazy, but at 61... Like, That's no age. I mean, so, you know, had she not been taken from us then, you know, she would be, what, 90, 91. 91 now? Yeah. So it's conceivable that she could have still been with us. Yeah. Mm. So, quite sad. But she's definitely left a legacy. Oh, for sure. sure. I wonder what she'd think of us now as well, in terms of how, you know, what she wanted in terms of unionising and working together. Um, I'm sure that she'd still be very proud of the way that Burlesque Hall of Fame continues to be oh, a gosh. driving force. Mm-hmm. But um, there's also that other turn of the leaf where it's like the um, fact that we are very much not working as a union. No, we're not all working really. together. Um, um, we're not working as one cognitive machine. For everybody else. Yeah, we're not working for our mutual benefits. Yeah, so we could probably do with taking a, a you know a leaf out of Jenny's book. Yeah, don't work for ninety five dollars sure. a week. Yes, on New Year's Eve. So the press g strings, pasties, and more that Jenny collected together went on to start the collection you can still see today at the new Burlesque Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. You can, and I do believe if they still have any there, you can buy um, a little set of matchsticks, a little book mm-hmm. of matchsticks from the Sassy Lassie, which yeah. was Jenny's bar. Yeah. Uh, the one you were just talking about that was decorated with Boas memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one of those. You have one? Yeah, I have one of Amazing. those. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they should bring back the tassel doll just so that we can know what it really is. What the hell it is? Like, we need to know. (laughs) I think, like, so I would like this podcast to be, like, broadcast live and I'd like people to email in (laughs) tassel doll. I'm like, give us your call and I'm just looking at my phone. 
Like, no. call now on oh. 0800, blah, 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 blah. No one's calling. Send, <laughs> Probably because it's like 1am. Send so. your tassel dolls to Pinky Deville at P.O. Box 666. Oh, if you just make what you think of a tassel doll yeah. and just send us photos, yeah. I'd love to see what I mean, people's I'd, I'd interpretation. I mean, I'd pay 25 cents for that. Yeah, we will pay you 25 cents mm-hmm. for our favourite one, not mm-hmm. for all of them. Like, no, we're just not, the one. We're not made of money. Uh, so the... The Let's Call of Fame in Las Vegas is, of course, the home of the exotic world competition that many performers from all over the world compete in year after year to gain the title of Queen of Burlesque. Are you going to be out there this year? I am not going to be at Vegas this year, I'm afraid, but I do want to go. Yeah. I don't think I could ever perform because, like, competitions terrify me, but I absolutely love yeah, watching I'm, I'm the talent on the... I'm not a big fan of competitions, but I've had a few people try and convince me to do that mm. as a competition, but... Mm, scary. It's so scary. Scary, scary times. Like, the best of the best. Like, legitimately mm. the best out there. Yeah, scary. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. They should have got... They should have got a tie-in sponsorship with, like, a lube company. If that was the case. <laughs> a bit of, like, KY on the go. Yeah. That's just smart thinking. <laughs> yeah. One free with every episode. Mm-hmm. Not every episode. Every, um... What's the word? Issue. Yes. Free lube. Free with every, every issue. issue. Like when you used to get Just Seventeen magazine and you get like, you know, a free moisturiser sample or a little impulse, you know, uh, scratch and sniff sample. Yeah. Collection 2000. Oh God, yeah, Collection 2000 concealer. It would always be, oh, something Rimmel. Yeah. Yeah. Something Rimmel. <laughs> so you all out there know it. You're all like, yeah, that's true. It There's was. a load of millennials <laughs> listening to this, like, yeah. what? What's yeah. just Seventeen magazine? <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, that's where we got our sex tips that we never used because we were only 15. <laughs> Religious upbringing, you know. So, previous year reunions were held in a variety of venues, including a San Francisco bathhouse. A San Francisco bathhouse? A bathhouse. Right. As Jenny Lee knew the owner. Fair dues. This meant the performing acts would perform to an audience who were only wearing towels. Alright. So the dancer Janine France stated of the experience, how do you do a striptease for people who aren't dressed? Oh, now there's a conundrum. Yeah, that's a definitely a different type of audience. Yeah, I've been in front of. It's like you're like a clothing all balance. nude under those towels, but I'm going to strip out of this heavy ass gown. Yeah, there's an imbalance of clothing going on here. But I just think if they're all sat around in towels, I imagine them in like a steam room. Yeah. So you ain't gonna be wanting to dance. It's like Bikram burlesque. Well, it's Bikram burlesque, but it's also like a. Fucking slip hazard and a half. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, oh yeah, want... I'll just dance on these tiles. Tiles, high heels on tiles. Oh, oh no. On slightly damp tiles. Oh no. No, thank you. Oh no. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm already scared enough of falling on my ass in heels on a regular stage. <laughs> every time I get on there, I'm like I hope I don't fall. <laughs> no, I think I mean in terms of um the union. If they didn't have a health and safety rep at that point, <laughs> they should probably think about putting yeah. one in place. Like, hold on. It's hold like, on a minute. All this work you've done is great, but... But if everybody <laughs> falls and cracks an ankle... Then it's not going to be good time. Yeah. 
The reunion grew from a gathering of stars from Burlesque's heyday to into what is now a four-day event we know as the Burlesque Hall of Fame weekend. It is the longest-running burlesque gathering running since 1957. And mm. working through many inclinations to become what we now know it as. A celebration of the legends and finding the legends of tomorrow. Yeah. What started as a union, a social club, a place that helped legends in times of sickness or crisis, supported many thousands of men and women in the burlesque scene, and became an ever-evolving record of this industry that we call burlesque, celebrates everything that Jenny Lee and the other members of the EDL upheld, fought for, and carved out of society. Jenny's ashes now sit in the Burlesque Hall of Fame Museum, and her legacy lives on through all the work that inspires so many, and showing that burlesque is a force to be reckoned with. It really is. It is. So Thanks, basically, Jenny. we should probably have a union. <laughs> We should specifically <laughs> like we should one. yeah we should all have uh, terms that we all agree and adhere to mm-hmm. because unfortunately burlesque as it stands now has got a couple of cracks yeah just a couple I mean for a start we've not got a bowling league yeah we, we've we're not got a sadly missing team. out on those bowling leagues right there um, you know like from city to city. Various ballet dancers from each region coming together to create a softball team. (laughs) Which is, this is what this whole story has been about, ladies and gentlemen. We want to start a bowling league. I want to start a bowling league. (laughs) I just want to start a union. (laughs) Yeah, so it would be probably a good thing. It would be a good thing. To bring in to burlesque now. I mean, we're in different times. I mean, burlesque isn't the mainstream entertainment or as big as it was back then. But, you know, we are significant in terms mm-hmm. of the, you know, live entertainment, I think, anyway. So, you know, it would be very good for us. Yeah. And there's definitely things that could help burlesque to improve and grow once again. Because mm-hmm. we did have a, a period where it was slightly mainstream again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't last for an extended period mm-hmm. until, again, it was back being a little bit more underground. Um, so, because a lot of people see Velasquez, it's something that's run for women, by women, it's mm-hmm. very much female-led, but then we also are ignoring the fact that there are women hiring other women and not paying them very well. Yes, and people are, you know, necessarily shouting about that. Yeah, it's not a conversation we're talking about. Like we've all seen those castings for very low fees, mm-hmm. and no one is turning around and saying that you know there should be a minimum mm-hmm. for performers. Mm-hmm. There should be a standard that's set for, mm-hmm. for performing. You know, and, and you know if if you know venues are asking you know for live entertainment for performers for low fees, it's our fault for accepting it that allows that to happen and perpetuates it further. We're doing mm-hmm. ourselves out of the future. Yeah. By accepting that. I mean, what would Jenny say? Oh, w- yeah. What would Jenny do? What would Jenny do? WWJD. <laughs> it still works. So you can really get those does. bracelets. See, we can get those bracelets, and rebrand still, them. still works. Put them on the list. What would Jenny do? Price list. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's, it's that, I know that it's very much that tricky thing of 
people want to work mm-hmm. and they want to be able to take to the stage. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all enjoy being on stage and we all enjoy what we do. But sometimes if that is coming at a cost to not only you, mm-hmm. but the scene as a whole in terms of the lowering of fees across the board, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's, it's turning it's your hobby into someone's detriment. Yes. And nobody wants that to happen. No. We're not saying this because we're mean, you know, we're not saying this to mm-hmm. stop other people from performing or from taking gigs because we want them. It's not the case at all. Yeah. It's for the benefit. We've been doing this a little while. Yeah. Like, must have, like, a combined 25 years between us. Yeah. Because yeah, I know, like, I, I would like there to be more protection for new performers. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, I run a burlesque school, so mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who are up-and-coming performers. But it makes me so sad when I am talking to talking to them about getting, making sure they're protected and mm-hmm. making sure they're looked after for shows and such. And uh, I asked a student if she was with equity yet. And she said, oh, no, I, um, you have to earn £500 a year. Mm. And she doesn't... She's only gigs on occasion. Yeah. So she hasn't got that level of protection mm-hmm. that we rely on as professional performers who are performing mm-hmm. all the time because there is a minimum. Mm-hmm. So and it means these that... new performers aren't being looked after. And you'd think that 500 a year wouldn't be hard to achieve, but no. apparently... Well, if you're doing, like, yeah. £50 gigs... Mm-hmm. And you're only getting one or two a month. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to add up to five hundred. Mm-hmm. I think that there should be we should be looking after our new performers. We should because I believe that children are the future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was cheesy. <laughs> oh no, there's a song. <laughs> Musical interlude. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So if um if there was a standard out there that people were all mm-hmm. adhering to it would mean that generally across the board we wouldn't have to keep having these conversations I and mean, we'd, we'd be improving circumstances for each other mm-hmm. and for the future generation of performers yeah yeah so that's the only way that we can really kind of keep burlesque going so that there is a future mm-hmm. for those new generation of performers yep rather than coming into a scene that seems a little bit clueless like flailing almost yeah, I mean, you know, we've had this resurgence, Neo Burlesque. We've been at it a little while now. Yeah. It's not brand, brand new anymore. No, we've definitely had time to create a union, mm-hmm. that's for sure. So, hey, let's let's band together out there. <laughs> <laughs> let's, like, you know, make, make things that we know that we're being protected and we have everyone's best interests mm-hmm. rather than... I'm a big fan of unions. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of unions. I mean, I'm in equity and I'm also in... Um, a union for my day job yeah and they've, they've both been invaluable to me in different mm-hmm. circumstances yeah because mm-hmm. like growing up in liverpool obviously i've seen a lot of unions doing a lot of positive oh, God, work yeah. um i mean i was i was practically born like... i was born on a picket line yeah <laughs> yeah and northern towns that's what we yeah. had to do we had to picket and we had to create unions i and... was at all grieve you know right yeah I was like literally a brand new born baby and yeah. on the sideline, not while it was all kicking off. But yeah, yeah. I was te- no, technically. Your mum wasn't like using you as a battery, right? No. <laughs> like, go <"Gah>, fucking. <laughs> Fuck off, copper. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was technically say I was at all Yeah. <laughs> so there's them. Um, I think that that podcast, it's more, it's less of a like. Ooh, scandalous story, and moreover, this is an example by which we should probably lead. Yes, absolutely. 
absolutely you should we should all hold that at the forefront of everything that we do yeah i think if you're complaining about 95 dollars a week in 1950 yard don't be taking it now don't take it now friends yeah well leaving you with plenty to think about plenty to think about <laughs> that was another episode of cabaret darlings thank you for joining me and we'll hopefully see you in the next season yeah that'd be lovely yeah because there are only a few more episodes left before the Christmas break, so suck up all the info that you can. Soak it up like a sponge. Soak it in, meander it over, ponder things, and just think, well, that's cabaret, darlings. <laughs>